On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we have a first round breakdown of the NFL draft. You stayed up till midnight. I know we stayed up till midnight. Liam McCabe from the Draft Network is on with us. He's going to break down some of the surprising moves, some of the uh, the solid moves by other teams, and the Patriots pick, which we like, as you probably heard uh, on our on our quick reaction pod. So uh, it's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. Intercepted. It's the Butler. Butler has it at the one. Malcolm Butler stepping through the throw. And the Patriots have possession with 20 seconds to go. That was a slog, but it was great. It was fun, wasn't it? Great night. Bruins winning overtime uh, by a Massachusetts kid scoring the tying goal and game winner. Patriots make a pick in the first round, and they get a skill player. It was a good night. It was long, but it was a good night. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, a lot of fun. So we do have we have Liam McCabe on with us. He is from the Draft Network. Liam, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi. How you doing? Good doing to be great. on. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, man. So uh, an eventful night, I would say, for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of picks. It started off early, not surprisingly, right? Murray went number one. Who knows what the Cardinals are going to do with Josh Rosen. But Murray goes number one. And then you start to look at, you know, the really where people really started getting surprised was number four. Clellan Farrell, love the guy. I think he's a great player. But at four? I mean, I'm not sure what the Raiders were thinking there, to be honest with you. Well, Pat, uh, early, the first early uh, draft boards started out and Cleveland Farrell was originally supposed to be in the top 10. I think it's once the combine started that people, that he really started to drop. So was it surprising to see him at four? Yes, but in the top 10, not so much for me. Yeah, I would, I, I mean, we were talking about, he was, you know, maybe an option at the Patriots at 32, you know, one of those guys that slipped. I thought they were going to have at least a shot at one of the three of the Clemson guys, either Wilkins, Lawrence, or maybe as a stretch, Farrell. And, you know, the, both of those guys went in the, what, top 16? Yeah. Yeah, Lawrence went 17th. He was the last 17th, guy. Right. 17th yeah. of the Giants, yep. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it's it almost reminds me, it's funny, uh, you know, I think of Draft Day, you know, the the uh, the movie with um, with Kevin Costner, you know, where he's like uh, Vontae Mack no matter what. You know what I mean? And it was almost like, the Raiders maybe wanted to trade back at four and said, you know what? Screw it. This is the guy we want. So we're going to take him at four. And look, if, if that's the way they feel, it's that, if that's their draft board, the guy is a top 15 pick. I mean, I think everyone across the board felt that way. He was a top 15 to 20 pick. Maybe if he dropped, like Spag said, they'd have a shot at him at 32, but you know, top 15 to 20 pick, we thought kind of across the board for most people. So yeah, if you're gonna, you know, if if you have to take there and that's your number one guy on your board, then you take him and 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 you live with it. And so, 
Uh, you know, you can't fault the Raiders for that as long as they're not reaching, which they are in that case. It's not like he's eighth on their board and they're taking him fourth. They're they're taking him because he's the number one guy on their board left. And so, uh, you know, if that's how they feel, then that's how they feel. Yeah, I mean, and you know, another another surprise too. I mean, can we talk about the Daniel Jones pick? Because I <laughs> we 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 were beside ourselves watching the draft here, and my buddy, good diehard Giants fan, is absolutely beside himself, beside himself, just disgusted in the in the organization. Like Colin Coward actually said that today on his show that he had a source inside saying the Giants were taking Jones at six. And I was like, no way. There's just no way. And it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, hey, if it's their guy, but. I guess. Just, Liam, what, what do you think of that pick, man? I, I couldn't believe it. I, In my opinion, I thought, A, I don't think he's an NFL-ready quarterback. I really think he's been overrated throughout this whole process. And, and if the Giants really did like him, I think there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to be there at 17. I was really, really surprised they didn't go after a, a skilled D lineman that they desperately need, like a Josh mm. Allen. Right. Well, and that was a surprising one for me because we just all assumed, you know, a lot of people assumed Allen was going to go three, Quinn Williams was going four, and then, you know, it would kind of shake out. And Allen's the one that dropped, really. I mean, he only went seventh, but, like, he dropped down to seven. You know, it seemed like Tampa got to that pick and we're like, well, I know Allen's available, but we like Devin White, so that's who we're taking. And then the Giants are sitting there like, here's Josh Allen right in front of you. This is the guy you need. And they go out and they take Daniel Jones. And it's like, what are we doing here? I it just, I didn't get it. And like you said, at 17, at, at best, like there's no reason and no one's going to take him before 17. And so, yeah, maybe you love the guy, but like, it's about value in this in this draft. You know, it's always about value. If nobody else is as high as Daniel Jones as you are, why are you taking him at six and not at 17? And then if things start happening and you're like, okay, no, we get a trade back up to get him, fine, you can do that. But, like, I just thought that was nuts. And so, you know, universally that pick was was mocked. And maybe they're right. Maybe the Giants are right. And they say he's the guy we want. But, like, I didn't want the Patriots to take him at 32. So, like, you know, to me, he was a guy I wanted no part of at all. And he goes number six overall. That's just – that's crazy to me. And so, uh, you know, Allen drops a seven. And here's the the one that I'm interested in, TJ Hawkinson to Detroit. Yeah. Because you saw what Eric Ebron did once he got away from the Lions. And I know it's a new system with Matt Patricia and everything else, but, like, it's the same quarterback – Eric Ebron was terrible in Detroit for years, and he was a beast this year in Indy. And so you wonder, Hawkinson looks unbelievable, but, you know, what's going to happen there as far as the fit with Detroit? So, um, you know, that's really what I'm kind of curious about, Liam. If you want to shed any light on that or you think maybe the, you know, the, um, you know, the fit would be for them. Yeah, well, I believe it or not, I was kind of going off exactly what you were thinking. I thought, you know, they picked Eric Ebron a few years ago, and he just he never fit into that system. They had the same quarterback, same type of offense, and he just never worked out. And granted, T.J. Hawkinson and Eric Ebron are two completely different players. Right. At, you know, but again, it's Matt Patricia trying his best to try to be Bill Belichick. You know, he's going after that, you know, game-changing tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I mean, I love Hawkins and I'm like, I love the guy. And so, you know, so we'll see, but I, I like that pick a lot. 
Uh, but again, it's a, it's about the fit. Like that's to me, I was like, you know, I think I tweeted out right away. Like I, I can't wait, you know, for TG Hawkins to be wasted by Matthew Stafford. Like, like it's just like, it, it seems like inevitable almost, you know? Um, and then we get the, then we get the first trade of the first round Steelers move up from 20 to number 10 to draft Devin Bush from Michigan, who is a monster. And, but this is the thing for me. I, and I, I don't know why more people weren't trading. There was nothing like, I feel like they were giving up nothing to move up and they gave up 20, a second this year and a third next year to move up 10 picks. That's, that's really not significant at all. I didn't think. No, not at all for 10 picks. And you know what? That's a great job by Pittsburgh's management to move up there. They needed to replace Ryan Chazier the best they could. And Devin Bush is a great choice for them and their defense. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So uh, I love that pick a lot. You know, I really, really, really liked it. And then we talked about Wilkins going 13 and then Lawrence went 17. And then in, in there – Right, Haskins fell all the way to the Redskins, which is like seems unbelievable. That was crazy. I thought he was going to go at ten to to do uh, yeah. to Denver, and I, I could have saw Drew Locke going there too. And I'm not right. going to lie; I know we'll get into it. When he was sitting there at 32, I I had a weird feeling. I kept seeing him pop up. I was like, no way, no way. And I, I don't know, had a weird feeling. But yeah, it was crazy how the quarterbacks uh, squared out this first round. I mean, the locked situation is interesting. I mean, I'm surprised that someone didn't try to get up there and get him. You know, Atlanta traded back in for for a, a lineman, and they clearly need to fix that offensive line. And they drafted two solid offensive linemen. I thought um, so. That was good. You know, good by them. But I'm surprised that no one wanted to get up to 32. And you wonder, you know, you wonder how much people tried to get in. Right? Were people trying to get in to 32? and the Patriots set on Harry, or maybe the people trying to get in and the Patriots weren't happy enough with what they were getting back. And so they said, forget it. We're going to, you know, we're going to take Harry and not, and not worry about trading back. Um, but that was surprising to me, especially we get the extra year on a quarterback and yeah, the, the money goes up in that fifth year, but it's still less than a franchise quarterback's pay would be. So uh, that one surprised me, but Haskins to, to, to Washington was like, my brother-in-law is a, a Redskins fan and he, was going nuts. He couldn't believe it. And they, and you know, and they of course trade back in later to 26 and take Montez sweat. And that's a heck of a haul for those two guys, man. I mean, I don't know how people feel about, uh, about Haskins, but a lot of people had him as the number one, you know, the, at least the number two quarterback, maybe even, you know, the number one with Murray and then they get sweat as well, which there were reports that, you know, his heart condition wasn't really even a thing. I mean, that looks like a heck of a haul for uh, for Washington there. Yeah, they had it. They did have a strong strong draft, and I mean, is Haskins going to struggle right away? I think so. You know, I mean, Alex Smith is definitely going to miss an extended period of time, so I think Haskins is probably in the plans to to start. Um, but well, yeah, they have Chris Keenum too. Oh, that's right. They did get Keenum. That's right. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. So okay, so maybe he will sit a year. Who knows? But I mean, those first round picks, you know, they kind of they, they're always there pushing the media's pushing the. The, the yeah. new guy in, wouldn't be surprised if he's coming in late in the year. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Liam, a guy I want to talk about is Jeffrey Simmons. And we had talked about his flags when we did the, the mock draft. You had the Patriots taking Simmons. I thought the Patriots were a good fit for him. He's obviously got that terrible video of him. Right. That was in high school. So that's a long, long time ago. And it was terrible, and it's not excusable, and it's, and it's awful. Right. That was a and long time you know ago. What? 
Yeah, and I think they addressed that, what was going on with him personally before the draft, and that was really lowering his stock. But And he also is dealing with, I think it's an ACL injury. It's the ACL, yeah. yeah. And obviously that's going to lower his stock. And that's a great pick by Tennessee to take a flyer on him. He's a top 10 talent in my opinion. I really don't think it was right of the network to throw that video up directly after he got drafted. It was a big, you know, it was a really big moment in his life to finally get, you know, into yeah. the NFL. And I wasn't really a fan of that. But, you know, it's a good pick. He's as good as they're going to get, and they needed someone there. Well, it's surprising because Joe Mixon was drafted a few, you know, a few years ago, and they didn't show that video on ESPN after he got drafted. It's like, yeah, it was out there and everyone's seen it, but like, why are we showing it on? I just, I didn't get it. And they did a pretty good job, I think, of of trying to explain the situation and what was going on, but like. Right out of context, regardless of what the context is. And, you know, and like I said, Wingo wasn't totally throwing one of the bus, but like out of context, like out of knowing what's going on, like, I don't know. It just didn't seem like the right time or place to do that. Um, you know, but they did. And like you said, I mean, you know, Tennessee takes a flyer on a guy that could be a top 10 talent. Now look me personally. And, and I know way less about a lot. I know way less about a lot, a lot of people, but uh, I looked at his film and it was good. I mean, I, he was one of the guys I broke down for, you know, for our breakdowns, but I didn't love him. I didn't think he was a right. top 10 talent just from, just from watching his film. I thought he was good, but I saw a lot of plays too, where he would, you know, either take plays off or wasn't dominant or, you know, didn't really fire off a ton. And so I was a little concerned about him uh, even, you know, without all the baggage that he's coming with it. I don't know. I mean, I could be obviously totally wrong. It seems like everybody else is saying, you know, he's a top 10 talent, top, you know, 10, 15 talent. Um, and so, you know, I'll go with them, but I, I don't know. I, I saw the film and I was like, yeah, okay, he's good. But I, I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I, if I had him as high as other people, that's all. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. And then, you know, so the, the uh, Broncos, I'm sorry, trade back from 10 to 20 and they pick up Noah Fant at 20, which I think, you know, is a steal at 20. I, I just think that, that kid, you know, and again, he's not a blocker. He's not going to block. Uh, but, you know, he's a heck of a receiving tight end. And especially trading back and getting extra picks and still getting him, uh, I think was a, was a pretty damn good job by uh, by Denver. I know that their starting quarterback this year is Joe Flacco. I get that. <laughs> but, but, you know, they still have, um, you know, they have a ways to go. They get the 10th pick in the second round. So it's also possible that maybe they make some noise and use, you know, their second and the third round pick they got to move up and, you know, and and take Drew Locke if that's the guy they like. I was so, going to say, because uh, I you know, could have saw going 10, to, 10 there. And, and like you said, I mean, where could, I had him. he could fall back to them at, in the second round. I mean, that's a, that's a great draft if you're drawn LA. Yeah. Well, and if you're Arizona, I mean, if you're Arizona at 33, depending on who's on your big board, if they approach you and say, okay, we'll give you 52 this year or not even 52, we'll give you what 42 this year and, you know, a third round pick next year, or even 42 and 52, if that's what they love, uh, we'll give you 42 and 52 to get to 33. I mean, that's a no brainer deal right there. And then they get their quarterback, you know, and the, uh, and the Cardinals pick up some extra talent, which is what they really Cardinals need a lot of help. So, you know, you draft a guy, maybe, you know, maybe they end up making a deal for Rosen at some point, but, um, you know, that's 
it could work, you know, for them where they get their quarterback and they get their star tight end. And so, uh, you know, it looks like a, a promising draft, at least so far for the Broncos. So um, one other thing, and we skipped through these guys, we didn't talk about them, but you took a look at the AFC East and you look at what the Patriots have done in the AFC East and how last year their offensive line was dominant and they dominated the line of scrimmage. And you could tell, that they dominated the line of scrimmage just by watching the first round of the draft. The Jets go Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle from Alabama. The Bills go Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. The Dolphins go Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle from Clemson. So there's a clear message here being sent by the rest of the AFC East. The Patriots bullied us on offense, and we're going to need some guys to come out and and be dominant on the defensive side of that off, of, of that line. And I think that it just goes to show you how far the Patriots have come from their off with their offensive line. And, you know, honestly, I think Williams for a lot of people was the best player in the draft. So the jets, you know, get a solid player there. Oliver, I think is a beast. So they get a solid player and Wilkins again, another great defensive tackle. So it's going to be a little bit more challenging now going into some of those matchups, but I, I think you can clearly see how the Patriots are influencing the teams in their division you know, to take players to be able to compete with the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we were talking about that as, as they went, you know, um, Sonny Michelle, it's not going to get any easier for you. You know, uh, teams are going to start figuring you out and you got to go up against, you know, some pretty good defensive tackles. I mean, we uh, Liam was talking about during the draft, he thinks Quinn Williams is a, you know, a pro bowl, all pro type tackle, you know, in, in due yeah. time. He's a legit talent. And I mean, you know, Oliver's a beast, and Christian Wilkins is the, is the perfect package. This is probably, they said, the safest pick in the draft. You know what you're getting out of them. Yep, agreed, agreed. So I know we did a, a quick breakdown of the of the Harry pick. I mean, we can. There's a bunch of other picks here. I think I like I love the Jerry Tillery pick from San Diego. He was like the guy that I had my eye on. Um, a few safeties went, which I liked. You know, I I think Abram is solid. I think Darnell Savage is really good. Um, but again, you know, I think the the most obviously we want to talk about Nikhil Harry. So Liam, I'll kind of give it to you. You know, what do you think about Nikhil Harry? Are you high on him? What do you think about him? And what do you think about his fit in New England? That is a very fun pick for the Patriots. I think he's got great size. Uh, the I'd like to see a little bit more speed in his step, but he's exactly what the Patriots need right now. He's a guy that can go up and get the contested ball. He seems like a very good you know, red zone threat for the Patriots. And it's someone that Tom Brady desperately needs right now. The Patriots are kind of have a few too many rentals in the wide receiver corp. We don't know about Josh Gordon, if he's going to be ready, if they're going to reinstate him and who knows how Demarius Thomas is going to play out. You know, he's still coming off that injury. We, you know, we can only hope. And then Julian Edelman, he's starting to get up there in age and Philip Dorsett has proven that he's not the first round pick that, uh, he was a few years ago when they, you know, when they had him. So I could see this guy very legitimately being a number one in a few years. You know, he's learning behind a really good crew of guys. He's got the best quarterback ever. It's a great pick for me. Yeah, I agree. And and we talked about it's bags, you know, on the, on the, on the instant reaction pod, but you know, I just, I just think that this is the type of guy they've been missing and they had it a little bit with Gordon, but you know, a guy that, Aaron Dobson, run, we drafted baby. Aaron Dobson. What do you say? Bump and run, baby. That's all. That's, that's all they right. gotta do with Harry. Just bump and run. You know, little little back shoulder, back shoulder fades, bump and runs up the sidelines, run him, run him between the numbers. 
Once that ball's in his hands, too, he's very hard to tackle. Mm -hmm. He's a very hard guy to tackle. He moves through the seams very well. I I really do. I love that pick. Yeah. I think think his skill set translates very well to the NFL. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is that he doesn't have an elite speed, and he and he's not like maybe the most crisp route runner, but his you know his his rack is fantastic, you know you know the run after catch is really really strong from him, you know and his ball skills are are phenomenal and you know he understanding where he is on the field positioning you know getting to the sideline and, and using the sideline to his advantage, you know he's top notch on that part of it. And I just think for the Patriots, they've been searching for this kind of guy. You know, like I said, they have Gordon, but you don't know what's going to happen with Gordon. They drafted Aaron Dobson thinking he would be that kind of guy. And he just, he, he never turned into that kind of guy. And Dobson was the type of guy that never fought for the football. You know, I just, for years, I've wanted a receiver that could go up and just, and snatch the football out of the air. You know, Gronk could do it. But they 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 haven't had a receiver do it in years, and so to have this guy in the first round, and be able to you know hopefully see a guy that can go up you know through traffic and make a catch, uh, you know it's it's definitely exciting to see. So you know so we'll see what happens. But I what I do want to go do I think that kind of wraps it up. But what I do want to do is kind of go around and um, and just kind of talk about you know your favorite pick or you think the best pick, and then you know, your worst pick and, and, and where you think, you know, someone reached the most or, you know, a guy that you don't like or fit you don't like. So Liam, I'll start with you, your, your best pick in the first round. Best pick in the first round for me. Uh, I'd have to say uh, Washington taking Montez sweat at 26. I think uh, that heart condition that they said he had realizing later on that it really wasn't going to affect his play or his long-term health is that's, that's a great steal. I've seen him go as high as, you know, in the top 10 in some mock drafts, it's a solid pick for me. He's going to really help them out. Good one. That's a good one. I was going to be mine. So I'll have to come up with a different one. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's have you do it. So I can think of another one. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the same guy, (laughs) but uh, if it's for me, I I guess I got to go with Pittsburgh trading down to get Devin Bush. I think, you know, that's a safe pick, you know, like you said, replacement of uh, Ryan Shazier. I think he can, step in right away and play three downs. Obviously I'm a, I'm a Michigan guy, so I'm going to be a little biased here, but I think that's a good pick, good player for, uh, for, for, you know, for a good team and a good fit for him. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, my pick, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here, man. I'm, I'm going to go Brian Burns uh, to, to Carolina. I think he brings a lot of explosiveness I think, you know, there's there's definitely a question about his weight, you know, and, and putting on weight and things like that. But, um, you know, but I think he can be an explosive guy in that defense. And especially when you have a guy like Keekley on that defense to have another explosive guy there, um, you know, he could really be, um, you know, a game changer for uh, for the Panthers. So I'm going to go with Brian Burns at 16. So uh, let's go. Let's go with your with your least favorite pick. And we'll go in reverse order this time. Worst pick. And, and you know, and I'm going to have to do it. Worst pick of the day. I'm going to steal it from you guys is, is Daniel Jones at number six. We talked about it already. I mean, I just, I just don't know what they're thinking there at six, you know, and, and even still, even with, you know, if you love the guy, he's not getting, no one's going to take him. It's not like Jacksonville's taking him or Detroit's taking him or, you know, or Buffalo's taking him. Like he's not getting drafted before 17 probably. And if you feel like he is, then you can, you, you know, use a pick to trade up and get him. 
I thought that that was a, a total head scratcher and a wild pick by the uh, by the Giants. So Daniel Jones, number six, my worst pick of the first round. Spags, we'll go to you. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's got to be um, it's got to be Demarcus Lawrence at um, Dexter Lawrence. De- Dexter Lawrence. Sorry, what am I thinking of? Dexter Lawrence. Wrong line. To the, uh, yeah, to the Giants. I think you know to the Giants. Same he thing. was same team. <laughs> yeah, he was the one that you know we like the Patriots to have maybe at thirty-two. I saw some mock drafts of him slipping maybe into the second. Obviously, with that little PED thing, might have hurt his stock a little bit. But I thought that was a bit of a reach. Not as bit, uh, not as big of the one as Daniel Jones. But I don't think uh, forgetting that seventeenth pick for what OBJ basically traded OBJ for for Dexter Lawrence. So uh, that, that's probably one of my, my second worst picks, both by the Giants. So so what we're saying is that we think the Giants had a great first round. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> on that one. Oh, All right, Liam, what do you got? Well, thank God you guys, you know, picked my two spots. Uh, <laughs> I guess if I had to pick the, uh, the third worst pick in this draft, and it might come as somewhat of a surprise, even though I did say he was a top 10 pick in my, you know, in an earlier draft, I would have to say Oakland picking Cleveland Farrell at number four, simply for the yeah. fact that I think there's, there was better guys there for that team. And I think they really missed out on not taking Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, it's a good call. I mean, I just think, and, and the thing is, and, and this is someone, and I don't remember who it was, someone tweeted out and they said, you know, Oakland definitely reached, but they did get three good players. Right, they got three talented guys, but at four, you feel like you should be able to get more than just yeah, he's a talented guy. Like, you know, Josh Allen could be a game changer, and you took a guy who's pretty good, you know, good player, and and probably you know a top maybe 10, 15 guy, but you know, at four, you really kind of wish you could have gotten more. And so, uh, you know, I I kind of agree with you there. Um, one one sleeper guy that I just wanted to talk about briefly was Garrett Bradbury. Uh, in Minnesota, not a flashy pick, but I think I tweeted it out right away. But uh, Indy in the 2016 draft had the 18th pick and drafted Ryan Kelly from Alabama. Uh, and he came in and brought some stability to that offensive line. And obviously they drafted Quentin Nelson last year. And, and you know, the two of them, uh, you know, really kind of redefined that offensive line. But he was the first guy to come in and provide some stability. I think that this kid's going to do the same thing for Minnesota. and. Although drafting a center in the first round, you're like really a center, uh, you know. But but I think that uh, I really do think that that he's going to come in and really help Minnesota out a lot um, on that offensive line. So kind of an underrated guy there, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, a lot of the mock drafts had him going there, um, gives some stability to that offensive line, helps out Kirk Cousins a little bit, helps him out, keeps him safe, you know, gives him more time to throw to those receivers. Definitely doesn't hurt him one bit. Right. Well, and that's, and that's really it, you know? So, um, so the Patriots, they have just so you guys, uh, so you guys are aware what they have coming up. They got, uh, four picks tomorrow. Correct. No, five picks tomorrow. Jesus. Five picks tomorrow. They got two in the second round and three in the third round. Um, and so, you know, they're going to be drafting 56 and 64 in the second round tomorrow. And they're going to be drafting at 73, 97, and 101 in the third round. Um, so we're going to be getting, you know, not an early pick, but a fairly early pick, uh, I would think. Plus, the draft starts an hour earlier tomorrow night, which is nice. Thankfully, we won't be going to 1 o'clock in the morning. So, um, you know, five picks. 
picks tomorrow. I don't know if they're going to make all five of those picks, but they definitely have a lot of things uh, that they can use here. And so, you know, it's going to be a heck of a day tomorrow. We'll see. But, uh, you know, for for Patriots fans, at least, a lot of guys coming off the board tomorrow. And I, I think and a lot of at least opportunities for the Patriots tomorrow. So uh, should be should be a fun day tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of good players still available. Um, some guys that we've may have seen them linked to in the second round still available, like a Will Greer. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to attack a you know a receiver too too early because they just got that. But yeah, I'm interested to see what they do tomorrow. I think it'll be a fun day. I always like day two a little bit more than day one. Yeah, well, Patriots usually make more noise on day two. So yeah, that, that's more why. There, you know. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. So I think that's it, Liam. You got anything else you want to add, or are you? Uh, no, you know, I'm I'm excited for tomorrow. That's the meat of the whole draft. I think you're going to see a lot of movement from the Patriots, whether it's trading picks or trading for players. You're you're going to see a lot from the Patriots tomorrow. You're going to see right. a lot of pieces. Well, I think you're right. It makes sense. I mean, they they can't draft 12 guys. They just they can't do it. No. And so you would think if they're going to trade these picks, and yeah, I mean, sure they could give up. They get you know what, like four seventh-round picks, they could trade all their seventh-round picks, but it's like, who wants four seventh-round picks? Like, you got five picks tomorrow. Those are the picks that you're going to move most likely. And so, you know, who knows what they're going to end up with, but I think you're right. Like, usually they're they're looking to move a pick for a player or, you know, trade up and get picks or maybe trade back and, you know, pick up a, you know, earlier round pick next year, which is what they did. That's how they have, you know, that's how they got their extra second round pick and their third round pick, obviously other than the compensation picks, the compensatory picks, they got their extra second round pick from Chicago from a trade last year to get a trade this year. And from Detroit this year, last year, they got a pick for in the third round. So, you know, we could see some of that coming too. So uh, I think you're right. There'll be a lot of movement tomorrow. So it should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. So anyway, that's all we got. I think uh, overall good night, you know, it's, it's a little late, but Hey, you know, we, we stuck it out. We made it through. And uh, it's always a fun time, Liam. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bull, we're in the process right now of bullying Liam into getting a Twitter account. <laughs> he writes for for uh, for the Draft Network, and he's not on Twitter. And so we're in the process of bullying him into getting one. So hopefully, in the next few weeks, you'll see him on Twitter. I'll definitely keep it in mind. <laughs> thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Great. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow because, or, or I guess tonight, because we'll be, uh, we'll be recapping some of those Patriots picks uh, this weekend. So take care guys. Bye.